0: This is the Adventure Through the Bible podcast. My name is Matt, and with me today we have Karen.
1: Hello. And
0: Eric. Morning. And Tracy. Morning. So a couple of us this past week had some little, uh, I will say side quests. How do we do it? Every adventure's got to have some good side quests, Mm -hmm. right? So uh, Eric and Karen had a little out-of-town time. So uh, Karen, what what was your out-of-town time all about?
1: I was sentenced to a week in Chicago at the beginning of February. And whose idea of a good time that was, I don't know. It's part of my master's. Mm -hmm. And so I had to go do a week of intensive training where you sat in a classroom for you know a million hours a day and then still had your normal homework load when you got out of the classroom at the end of the day. So I am, I know that this is a podcast and people can't see me, but I am actually visibly more intelligent than when I left. (laughs) That's not true.
2: (laughs) Eric, what did you do? I went to a cold place too, but I was up in the mountains here in Colorado. We did a, a hut to hut cross country ski trip. It's where you basically it's backpacking in the wintertime and you stay in a, um, a cabin up above uh, right at tree line, about 11,000 feet. Wow.
0: That sounds, and you miss the
2: snow. We have plenty of snow <laughs> and got plenty of cardio exercise. No
1: plenty problem of, there. Plenty of snow and slightly less oxygen. Yeah.
0: Definitely. Yeah, that sounds like the sort of thing I, at one point would have thought was fun before I got old and fat.
2: <laughs> well, you do this, you'd still be old when you're done. Well, but... <laughs> <laughs> less
0: fat, but the there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get let's uh, let's get back into our discussion here. Uh, we left off last week. We were um, in Genesis 15, and God had been laying out the covenant with Abram. Was he still Abram? He was still he Abram. Was. Yeah. He was still Abram at this point, so once again, he had been telling Abram, "I'm going to give you this land. You're going to be uh, the, the the beginning of many, many descendants." And uh, we had been just going through that a bit,
2: and then this <clears> is <throat> where we have the uh, the big the big shift. Right here is in 156, and he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. This is. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the beginning of the Abram to Abraham faith walk and rolls right into 16 where we talk about faith, lack of faith, where faith intersects with our personal actions and so on. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I remember thinking it was kind of interesting that Abram, how did this start out? It was, he, he asked, he's asking God, what will you give me? And that seemed like a bold question to ask. Um, this was in verse eight. Eight. Lord God, how shall I know mm. that I've got verse I will inherit it? Yeah, I've actually got verse two here. Uh, Abram says. Yes. So let's see. The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid. Um, but Abram said, "Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless?" So I, I'm guessing this was kind of like, God, you've been you, you've been promising me this for quite a while, but I still don't have any. I still don't have any kids.
2: Right, which leads into 16. Mm-hmm.
0: And I
2: i mean, in retrospect, it's easy to, almost like a, a horror film, you know, he's like, should we go in that door into that abandoned cabin? And everyone in the audience says, no! And Abram is thinking like, well, I don't have any kids. What should I do? And Sarah is like, well, hey, I have an idea. And us knowing how this goes, we all say, no, no,
0: Abram, don't do it. Well, what an idea anyway. I mean, our... We, of course, we're looking at it from Western eyes, American Western eyes, and the idea of taking another wife or having children with somebody beside your wife is not generally, in at least the the religious circles, considered to be a good idea.
1: Well, I think this was kind of traditional, though, wasn't it? Like, a, if, a, if a wife was barren...
3: I think so. I think it was out, outside of the realm, they could do it.
1: Yeah, and, and they would, you know, if I remember correctly, the description was they would bear a child on the, on the barren woman's knees, and it became her child. So it was just kind of like this
0: Yeah. So sur- it, surrogate thing. So it seems like a really weird idea to us that a wife would actually tell her husband go sleep with this other woman and get her pregnant.
1: Much less somebody they have to interact with every day. Like, this was her yeah. this was her servant.
0: Right.
3: So, yeah, just very awkward. I have a question, though, and I would just want to jump back just a tiny bit um, into 15. What did you guys think about after he got the promise? He was already told what was going to happen, what he was going to inherit. He already made his sacrifice, which was very specific. Then he shielded it, had to watch over it, that the birds didn't take it. But what does your Bible say... As far as verse 12, he fell into a deep sleep and behold, horrors and great darkness fell upon him.
1: Horrors, really? Mine just says thick and dreadful darkness came over him.
0: I've got horror and dark, horror and great darkness.
3: Dreadful and great darkness. So is that like, to me, that was like, you know, you get a promise and then it's like, almost that feeling of being scared about it
4: a little bit.
1: Well, but then it goes into that whole, know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own. I mean, mm-hmm. it kind of goes into that, too. So I just assumed it was part and parcel.
2: Yeah, it could be some foreshadowing of that. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. being placed on him. maybe. Sounds heavy. It sounds pretty, pretty heavy. And when you think about heavy responsibilities that you know you're going to have to take, and it's just a matter of time and wondering I don't know, I'm, maybe Maybe he was having some Struggles with it, maybe there was something else going on Here and he was, you know, maybe Satan was trying To dissuade him I don't know Hmm, okay I don't know, yeah, I, I guess that did uh, That did strike me At the time when I was reading it, I'd kind of forgotten About it, and I don't really Know, I don't really know what the Horror would would have been all about that, that's my first guess is that he was either being discouraged or just worrying.
1: I don't think he was being discouraged because the Lord was right there. They had just had this covenant thing, and then the Lord, you know, gave him this kind of glimpse down the tunnel of time to see what was going to happen to his, these descendants that they were talking about, this promise that God was making him. So I don't think Satan was allowed access at that point, honestly.
3: See, now I was thinking more like even the, the heaviness with, like, Daniel— and granted, the Lord just talked to you, but sometimes I wonder if it's just a little too much for the, the human psyche to comprehend, you know, to look forward 400 years and know that, okay, it's it's not going to be all great, and, you know, we're still going to be wandering, we're still going to be strangers in a strange land, It's but I have this great promise in front of me. You know, maybe it was just a little bit too much, almost like, I don't know, maybe a little bit of a sense of impending
0: doom, Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's uh, one of those, I guess we'll ask someday. Let's go to on. 16 before horror and darkness <laughs> falls upon me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, Abram takes his wife's advice and, and takes uh, Hagar, as a wife even, and she gets pregnant. And uh, all of a sudden then Sar- Sarai, I never know quite how to pronounce her name, Sarai, She's deciding it's not such a great idea after all, or, or there's, I don't know, there's 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 tension there now between her and Hagar that wasn't there before.
2: It's not just Hagar, man. She's like she's she goes oh, right yeah. to, to Abram like, may the wrong done to me, uh, be on you. This is in five, and I'm thinking,
0: right. oh, man. Wait, wait, that was your idea. <laughs> right. Yeah, this entire, this entire
1: passage is just an eye roller for me. It makes me think of a,
0: it. I mean, it's a kind of a different situation, but think, think of a video that I was just watching yesterday of a guy who was relating that his wife was angry with him because he cheated on her in her dream. <laughs> she dreamed what? that he was cheating, and she was angry with him.
1: You know, there's there's certain times when dots just don't connect to me, and that is definitely one of them, and this is another one.
0: Well, we got a lot
2: of dynamics here that actually um they play out badly because Abram first, and you know, it's super easy to judge him sitting here, you know, how many thousands of years later, right? Mm-hmm. In retrospect. So I'm going to try not to Monday morning quarterback his decisions. Mm-hmm. But there's for us we see First of all, he takes her advice, which we make some assumptions is not what he should have done, mm. okay? Because, and, and that's a fairly safe assumption, because God shows up later and says, nope, that was not the plan. Right. And then he takes his, his wife's advice, he, he marries Hagar, has a child, and then is angry at both Abram and Sarai and Ishmael. And Abram Hagar. here, Hagar, thank you. Yeah. Um, um, and Abram says in, I think it's six, behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. It sounds like almost he, like he's just kind of thrown his hands up at this whole thing. Like, I don't know, you just do whatever you want. I'll Sure, you tell me to do this, I'll do that. Sure, you're angry and you want to beat her up, banish her, whatever, okay. And without judging Abram, I think it, it could be a lesson for us to not do that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes make the tough calls to say, you know what, I screwed up. Yeah. But because I screwed up, I'm not going to let this ripple forward and ruin everybody else's life. Yeah. Um, and th- that's for us because we all face difficult challenges, and sometimes it requires admitting wrong, acknowledging that we did something wrong, and then dealing with it. And every time in the Bible and in my theory here, real life, we don't do that, we end up in deeper and deeper trouble. We see this uh, pattern repeat in a way with David and his sons. David really struggles with uh, boundaries, mm. and uh, he, we see him not disciplining his sons, and his sons turn out to be just train wrecks. You know, he, he loses four sons. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like you're... you're our sins get magnified if we don't deal with them it's like pulling weeds you know it's like oh man these weeds are shin high i don't want to deal with them well you know give them two weeks in the summertime and now they're waist high
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. and
2: and they're yeah. twice as thick and they've gone to seed and i th- we see the very real implications of this with lot mm-hmm. and his his Grandchildren or children, as you however you want to say it, it's <laughs> messed up. Mm. And how much damage and and destruction that um, that poorly managed relationship ends up causing in the future. And we see this here with Abram and um, with with Hagar and Ishmael. But it was really cool in um, in sixteen though, is in. 11, God hears even people who are not of, quote, the promise. Yeah. You know, it's, and the, the Lord answers, I believe he's speaking to Hagar here, mm-hmm. and it says, Behold, you are pregnant and you shall bear a son and your name shall be called Ishmael because the Lord has listened to your affliction. And I made a note here is it's, is it's pretty awesome is that she is seen by God, And he speaks to her, Mm -hmm. even though she is outside of, quote, the promise. Yeah. And people who view themselves as inside the promise often have the wrong conception that God is not speaking to people who are not part of their posse. Mm. And this right here is straight up God speaking to the mother of, as I understand it, what becomes all the Arabs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he's saying, I hear you. And I'm still going to bless you. I, God, the God of Israel, I is see going to bless uh-huh. the people of the Arabs. And I, man, I, I think that's, to to overlook that would kind of lead towards our tribalism and our like,
3: well, God's on my side, not mm-hmm. not for you. And I mean, God's for... But we talked about that just a couple of weeks ago. It's that, you know what? God says, you know, even if you, it is my tribe and it is part of the plan just hold off a little bit because I need to deal with some other people. Yeah, that yeah, was in 15. It, it, you know, and it's, yeah. and we continue to, to, to avoid that and look past that, but I think it's all interwoven. And sometimes just the blessing tends to go through the genealogy web because it's tied back just to Abram.
2: Yeah, as so I was reading um, in John 10, and this is Jesus talking about the good shepherd. And then John 10, 16 says, I have other sheep Mm -hmm. that are not of this fold. Mm -hmm. Which always comes as a shock to the sheep who are in that fold. They're like, what? Right. Where'd you come from? Are you 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 supposed to
1: be here? We're special.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Now, it seems very obvious that this is God talking to Hagar, and this is after Hagar has fled because she's been mistreated. But this is definitely God talking to Hagar, but... He's introduced in verse 7 as the angel of the Lord. And we're going to be talking about angels later on because we're going to be talking about Sodom and what happened there. This might be an interesting time for us to talk about, at least briefly, what angels are. You know, we talked about when we were, when we were talking about um, the, the, <clears throat> the gate of Eden being protected by an angel. And later we're going to be talking about angels who go to Sodom, and well, and first visit uh, Abram. But in here it says the angel of the Lord, and then in verse eight it says and he said, and that H in my New King James is capital H, which indicates this is God. So, or at least it's at least it's God's word. So there's one of two right. things happening right. here. Either, and and well, even angel of the Lord is is capitalized. Granted, that's 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 a that, that That's the way it's written here. That doesn't necessarily mean that's the way it is. But just because it says angel doesn't mean it can't be God, and just because it says angel doesn't mean that, that God... Nobody's trying to say that God is what we traditionally think of as an angel, you know, being the tall person with the wings and such, which, by the way, you will not find that description in the Bible anywhere.
2: We see the cherubim, uh, as they're done in art mm-hmm. that way, yep. um, but as angels are described elsewhere in the Bible, they're not much physically described except for in Ezekiel, mm-hmm. um, and then it gets pretty crazy. Yes. Um, and I think that's the thing to keep in mind, to your point, is that did the angel say it or did God say it? Mm-hmm. I think where they're coming from, same thing. Same yeah. thing because yeah, the
1: divine messenger.
2: Because she says in, um, isn't there a description 13, of angels too in the Ark of the 13, Covenant? Yes. Right, right. In the art, in the artwork. Mm-hmm. Yes. She says, "Truly, I have seen him who looks after me." So to her, same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've seen him, and I think back to your thing about angels, discussion of angels. They're a big deal. Like this is angels. I think the modern greeting card company and cartoons and so on mm. have done, uh, frankly... Disservice? They've done the devil a favor <laughs> and done us a disservice because they they paint them as the chubby little baby with tiny wings and so on. And I... Yeah, un- fairly unrealistic. Fairly, because when they show up, you know, the, the the destroying angel destroys all of the firstborn in Egypt in one night. Mm-hmm. Uh, An angel shows up and wipes out the army of Sennacherib so efficiently that everyone wakes up in the city. They're surrounding the city, right? They're in the middle of the donut and they wake up and everybody is dead Dead. outside. Mm -hmm. One angel. So, man, we've got to really think about these angels and I think come to those, come to it with a lot more, should we say, respect. Mm -hmm.
3: You know, I think you look at it though too, and you know, we. I look at it almost as pretty much like the soldiers the military um, when you look at it I think there's a little bit of rank and structure that kind of go there when the Lucifer is described as a the covering cherub or um, so I think there's a little bit of a, a rank to it you know the yeah. cherubim the seraphims you know is it two two wings is it a set of four you know I you know I that's how I look at it. You well, know, oh, yeah, there the seems to be there seems to be that hierarchy or a, a rank kind of structure to mm-hmm. it, and you know, you look in um, I forgot the verse now, but it says, you know, what I dispatched him two weeks ago, and he had to fight to oh, get and you Daniel. Yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I had to fight to get you this message. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think if and you look at it, and a lot of times it is kind of a warring kind of battle that's going on when when angels are involved. It's not, you know, it's exactly like you said. It's not the chubby little angel that's floating around on a little cloud. It's,
0: I need to get some work done. Yeah. And these yeah. are these are my soldiers. Yeah. Part of my point here, I think, is that there are times when it seems that when it's described in the Bible as an, quote-unquote, angel, it very well could actually be God, maybe, you know, Jesus, what do we call it, That Christophanes? I think that's what they call that. You know, a, a, a pre-New Testament appearance of Jesus we call him Jesus, they wouldn't have called him Jesus. You know, names have meanings, you know, they're, they're, they're given names. Um, but, I mean, to me, it's very possible this could have been Jesus talking to her. Possible, you know. Well, it
2: came, spoke on behalf of, of mm-hmm. him, for sure. Yes, her.
0: certainly.
1: So I would point out a difference, though. Okay. So, in 16, it's the angel of the Lord found Hagar. Mm-hmm. And in 17, when Abram is ninety nine years old. It says the Lord appeared to him. Mm-hmm. Like
4: yeah, they some just says say angel, it flat
2: out. Y- yeah. Some says angel. Some says the Lord. Right.
0: Yeah. So, anyway, most more of a point of interest, but something to think of as we go down the road. You know, even beyond here, because um, you mentioned the idea of Jesus as an angel, and people immediately think like you were talking about the created. You know, creature with wings. Well, angel—the word literally means messenger. Messenger. So, uh, if for if God came and was His own messenger, or you know, whatever way He He uh, manifested Himself, it makes sense to me that they would that He would be described this way. Anyway, that's kind of a. And I was thinking too when it. I
3: was reading this. You know, there's outlined uh, ways that they were supposed to treat their their servants or their slaves, and I. Don't, I got caught in that word harshly that it must have been pretty bad, especially mm. for her yeah. to want to flee while she's pregnant. Into the desert. Into the desert. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I, I don't think those rules that are were laid out a little while later of, you know, how your servitude and being a slave wasn't forever and maybe if you weren't in that that community there that and you were an Egyptian and maybe from another country Were you dealt with differently.
2: Yeah. And, yeah, we can look at that and say, oh, that's so harsh what they were doing, Mm -hmm. you know, in the New Testament. Actually, it's a – I mean, in in the Old Testament, the laws of dealing with these things actually is a step up.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: It was saying, hey, you know what? You can't treat these people like farm animals. Right.
3: Mm -hmm. You know, but I'm wondering, you know, is this before the –
2: Oh, yeah, but I think they knew this stuff because mm -hmm. when people transgress what later became written in the law, they're called on it, Mm -hmm. even here. So that brings me to to another point. I want to get to two other things here in 16 before we go. One is I had made a note that God, through an angel, or Jesus, through an angel, spoke personally to a female, foreign, runaway servant Mm -hmm. who was, you know, wife number two. And so for people who feel like, you know, I'm just, I didn't get born into the right class, or I didn't get the right thing, and I didn't, whatever... God is speaking to her, I mean directly. I mean it doesn't get much more awesome than that. And as the as the Bible goes on, the Israelites would have put someone like Hagar at the bottom of the bottom of the bottom. Yeah. She's a foreigner. Mm-hmm. She's a servant. She's a she. Mm-hmm. And she had a child in a manner that was somewhat questionable. All these things and God spoke to her personally. It's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. kind of like Jesus at the well, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Something else I noticed here, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time yeah. somebody gives a name to God. She calls him, in New King James it says, uh, she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees. I looked that up in a Jewish Bible, and that uh, that name was, let's see, El El Roy, I have no idea if I'm saying that right, El Roy. But that that comes in down here in verse um, 14. 14, because the well where she was was called Bir Lahai Roy. So she's saying, you know, God has seen me. And she's and literally she's, the well. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. And that's interesting mm-hmm. that even in that era, back in the Bible era, they, they tracked this well enough to... Name the well where this mm. occurred, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah,
2: water's a big deal, so yeah. that would be, yeah, that I know.
1: But they named it after this incident,
2: yeah,
3: yeah. A woman,
2: yeah. Uh, Egyptian servant named it, and we're gonna keep it
3: also, like a you know, maybe a meeting place or you know, more activity goes on around the wells, you know, cattle, livestock gathering, talking, that kind of thing. So,
0: mm-hmm. and that that name, Bir Lahai Roy, it literally means well of the one who lives and sees. Mm-hmm.
3: So that reminded me of
2: um, Psalms thirty four, eighteen. Mm. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, people think like, well, somebody who's really down and out, God just—I mean, they must be abandoned. God, God's not in touch with mm-hmm. them. They're—they're they're not doing their job, or they wouldn't be sad." Um, and this is, I think, a, a note of encouragement to those who feel bad—that. Yeah. Um, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and that's pretty much, quite literally, mm. <laughs> as the translation shows up. What happens here in in Genesis sixteen?
0: Right. So, seventeen, we get into the sign of the covenant. Now, how many? I've lost track of how many times now God has promised this this covenant with with Abram, um, but He's told him. Over several times, I'm going to give you this land, and you are going to have many descendants.
1: Well, he was 75 when he was called, and left. now he's
0: now he's 99. Now he's
1: 99, and mm-hmm. he's got a 13-year-old boy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and none none from his wife.
0: Right. So he's been waiting for for a long, long time, and God has is stating the covenant again, which is a good lesson in patience for us because. Just because God has told you he's going to do something, it doesn't mean he's going to do it tomorrow, you know.
1: But I wanted it tomorrow.
0: Mm, well, I wanted it yesterday. So. Not on our time, but on the Yeah, time. but what's,
2: I'm, I saw a note on that. Mine has a little footnote on um, 1719 where where God is speaking, and he says, I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son. That in the footnote where it says, I will give, it says, I have given. Like to God, mm. it's already a done deal. Right. It's like, yeah, I've already done this. Mm-hmm. You just don't know it yet. Yeah. I just think yeah, that's a pretty good reminder of of God's kind of view of the timeline. Mm. It's he's he's looked at it. It's done.
0: Right. Yeah. And
1: <laughs> we must look awfully impatient from His point of view.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, our lives are so fleeting. I mean, we're here for I mean, what? Um, a blink. Kirk, Kirk Douglas just just passed away this week, and he was what, 103? Three, <laughs> you know? And we go, wow, that guy was so old. And that's, I mean, that's nothing in the. That's nothing in in the in the time frame of the universe. You know, it's nothing. It's a. Bl- it's not even a blink. It's nothing. And so, you know, we get impatient when something takes. A while, you know. I'm impatient with my mechanic right now because I'm waiting for him to work on my truck, and it's—he hasn't even looked at it yet. You know, that's been like a week, and uh, I mean, it's, it's, that's 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 nothing in time. But then I so. look at the the promise too, and it it starts
3: out pretty general, and then it kind of builds, and then I think when I was reading here, you know, once he gets to about 17, maybe 18. He had to be really specific because he said, I think you missed the point on the other one. It's Sarah, your wife, that's going to bear the son. Right. Mm. You know, you try to take matters into your own hands, but that isn't exactly what I was looking at. And that's the thing. Let um, me get more specific for you. And
2: in 16 and 17, and, I, and it, it's used actually later in the New Testament, which I did not look up, as a metaphor, is that when Abraham takes action outside of faith, Mm-hmm. It's it's absolutely disastrous. Yeah. And New Testament authors speak of um, Ishmael being the son of will, mm. and and um, Isaac being a son of faith. Yeah. And that that's where the that's where the problem is. And again, we can you know m- we can armchair quarterback his life, but as it applies to our life. What things do we do? I've done it plenty of times. Guilty. You can't see me, but I'm raising my hand. Hmm. He is. is. Uh, is taking action on our own to do what God said he would do. Mm. And that always proves a disaster. Yeah. Always. And when we get to matters of faith, faith is faith. Faith is like literally like, I am going to trust you to do this, mm. and I will wait for you to do this. I don't know how you're going to do this. I don't know when you're going to do this, but I trust that you will do this. And if I'm supposed to do part of that, I believe it'll be made clear to me. But boy, Abram.
3: But it's hard. Oh, it's hard. Because oh, it's we the hardest talking, thing. What? Maybe two or three weeks ago, here I go again. But you know, you're know, you talking about, God, what do I do with my future? Where do I go? I'm, I'm done, with, done with school. I have two options to make. You make them for me. And didn't you say you were calling your grandfather to say, okay, I'm not hearing anything yet. What do I do?
2: And and I think we owe it to God to ask, and then sometimes I think we can this, ask this,
3: a lot, and then we tend to impose our will, like you're saying. It's that's like, the part. You know, I think we should. I should do this, and I think I should do it now. I don't did have any wait? easy
2: answers for that. Yeah. I, no. I, in case somebody's wondering if yeah. I've cracked the code to that, I have not. But mm-hmm. but here, but the the point is in his life, and it, I believe it has just as disastrous results in our life as it did in his. When we take action toward, even, even if it, and this is the thing, this was towards God's promise, mm-hmm. right? This yeah. wasn't like he was stepping in the opposite direction, saying, oh, I'm gonna do something terrible that's against God's plan. This is towards God's plan, but it was done outside of faith, mm-hmm. of his own will. Actually, it was kind of the will of his wife's. <laughs> we will not go there. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the point is, is it was human will, And it proved disastrous. And I think through there, he had some clues that this is probably something he shouldn't do. But he did it. And that's where in the New Testament, when we talk about faith, and and this goes way back to to Abram, I mean, let's not forget, we're like, well, in the Old Testament, you know, it was all about works, and in the New Testament, it's by faith. Mm -hmm. No, Mm -hmm. that's where Hebrews 11 comes in. Everybody who's listening to Hebrews 11 is Old Testament, and it's all faith. And we've just read that... You know, what Abraham did and how he believed was credited to him as righteousness. And this is talking about Abram's faith. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same deal then as it is now. It's faith, and that's why I think we need to pay really close attention to what's going on here and and what he's doing in faith and what he is doing in personal will, because it makes all the difference. If we're walking towards what we perceive as God's promise— but we're doing it of our own will, not being led by faith in the Holy Spirit. The results can be just as disastrous today,
4: mm-hmm.
2: because Jesus says what, th- 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 at the end of time, people will come forward. Lord, Lord, didn't we? Didn't yeah. we prophesy? Didn't mm-hmm. we do this? Yeah. Didn't we do? And He's like, Yeah, you did. But I don't even know. I don't know you. Mm-hmm. I don't have any relationship with you. You did the things of your own will towards my in my name you wore the t-shirt you had the bumper sticker but you did it on your own not through faith and relationship and sorry don't know you click
1: i actually think it's worth taking a moment to talk about this thing with his wife because Mm -hmm. uh, you know a lot of people are married and they believe in god and they're trying to act within god's will and their spouse or a trusted friend may come to them and have an idea that isn't that great? And then how do you, where do you draw that line and how do you address it? That stuff, that makes a mess. I think we
3: saw that though, you know, and we continue to see that throughout the Bible, but we just got done through or got through going through Job and he had his inner circle. Mm -hmm. He had his friends that came to minister to him that were supposed to give him some great advice. And I think we kind of see about the same thing with, with inner circles and maybe even family, you know, with our spouse and how we value what they say sometimes to a fault. That's what we're talking about. This. this is getting way too personal. <laughs> it's easier to judge people in the Bible as being wrong. You know, and, and I look at it and you, you're, you know, absolutely right. When you say, you know what, a lot of us are married. How many, I'm, I think I'm on year, okay, this is going to put me out there, 28. Whoa. Or, or if it's 29, don't tell Regina I messed up. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's upper 20s. Eric, how long have you been married?
2: Uh, It's (coughs) twenty.
1: Good, right? Exactly that.
0: Seven. Matt going on twenty five. There you go. I didn't have to hesitate, guys. that's
1: because he's been sitting over there doing (laughs) math. You've been been calculating
0: it already. Um,
3: But you know what? My wife said something. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie, and I'm gonna. go, Okay, I'll do it. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, and it's hard. These you, you
2: make. It's really. Really important. And Jesus says this, and that's one of the hardest sayings of Jesus. Let's, I mean, I, I will admit this. When he says, you know, you've got to choose me over your friends mm-hmm. and over your family. Yep. Mm-hmm. You put me first. I'm like, man, that just sounds wrong. That sounds He even harsh. uses the
0: word hate Yeah, and, and in compar- you know, right, 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 right. comparison. Right, right,
2: right. Which one do we pick? Mm-hmm. We, we need to hate the one decision if it's not towards yeah. him. And it's, man, that's... Whew.
3: You can look back with twenty twenty vision, but, you know, I, I feel for Abram at this oh, point. Yeah. It's like, he is kind of in between a rock and a hard place. And his wife said, here, take her. And, you know, yeah. he's like, I didn't see him put up much fu- of a fight there. Right. Yeah, this is an accepted <laughs> custom. <laughs> you know, this yeah. is an accepted and, custom in this. And moment. I don't know. I don't know if Hagar was, seven, how old? Or she's know, probably, probably younger anyway. 60s, probably. maybe. He was 75, so maybe she's below there somewhere.
0: We don't know. So... There was no question that she was going to be able to have children. But, right? your,
2: but your point, is what you, just, you said right there that Abram is between a rock and a hard place. That's where faith gets really real. Exactly. And we have to practice that faith, to exercise that muscle all the way up until then. But I have really been convicted that, that faith is all God, mm-hmm. 100.00% faith. And it is, again, not easy... But that's what it really is. Like, it is 100%.
3: Because he already sees the plan. He already knows how the outcome is going to be. You're ultimately going to get there. Just like David, uh, his life probably wasn't meant to run around the the desert and uh, flee from Saul and, you know, all the hardships that he had. But also, when we impose our own will, then we have to deal with the consequences. While we're still forgiven... And we are still part of the big picture and the big plan. God's going to get us there, but yeah. we're just going to have to deal with the consequences of how we chose to deviate the straight path.
1: I don't know. I just think that's tough stuff, and I know it's. I need to, I'm the only girl in the room, so I figured I should be the one to bring that up. But yeah, if your spouse leans on you to do something stupid, we like we just finished reading Job. Curse God and die. Mm-hmm. They, I think they left out the verse where he said, woman, hush. Go back to the kitchen and make me a sandwich. I'm going to sit here with my boys and do this right.
2: Yeah. But it's hard. It's hard to make those choices. It's hard to do those things. But if we believe that, that God really is, and I think this is why, it's one of the reasons I enjoy this podcast is we get together and we talk about these things, and it strengthens my faith and helps me see things, is that um, God is God or he's not. It's kind of not in, in between for me. Right. And if God is the God that I believe that he is and he sees the end from the beginning and he is for us and he hears us and he's near the brokenhearted, if we can keep those things in mind and we can keep encouraging each other of those things, then how it works out, we don't know. But somehow it will. And no, it's not easy. It's not always
3: pretty. and You know, I think that's when you kind of go back, and just like you said, when you're able to lean on each other and do that as a married couple, I think that's where the evenly yoked comes in. You know, that you're on one accord, and that you're still both on a journey getting closer to the Lord, but you're doing it together as a married couple. You know, I think that plays into it as well that, I don't know, and this could be just me where I'm kind of seeing this, but I see that the Lord was talking to Abraham or Abram a lot at that point. But I don't know if he was having the same conversation with Sarai at all at that point. You know, I don't know if she was getting it just, oh, yeah, the Lord talked to me and this is what he said. So I don't know if they both were privy to all the information, like, directly from the Lord. You know what I mean?
1: Mm -hmm. So I guess faith, from our tiny little human perspective... Like, what I want faith to be is me seeing A to Z and going, oh, yeah, that makes sense to me. God, I agree with you, and since I agree with you, I will voluntarily step into your will right when it's comfortable for me. Right? Okay. That's my, that's my idea of how faith should work. And how it actually works is, like, I'm back here at A, like, squinting through the fog, desperate to even see B, and actually what I'm supposed to do is just go just take the step forward when I, the way that I hear God telling me to, and that is, that can be extremely uncomfortable. I am currently very uncomfortable in that in my entire life for a multitude of reasons that would take six podcasts to cover, but I'm just trying to get from A to B and it is blind and it is very vulnerable feeling and it can suck. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yep. And that's, I think that's, where faith is, and we come in, and we come in and out of, I think, strength and connection and feeling like, yep, and this is the right thing. That at times we can feel that, and then at times it's like, whoa, 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 yeah. I, had, I had a grip on this yesterday. Yes. Where did
1: it go? Where did it go today?
2: Yeah, I don't think you're unique in that um, struggle.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I think that's a very real thing.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, let's not let's not uh, miss the point here that this is the chapter where Abram finally is becomes Abraham right. uh, the name Abram meaning high father the name Abraham meaning father of many nations so when god changed I thought it might be interesting maybe important interesting to know why god specifically changed his name you know if if god doesn't mean specific i thought it would be interesting to look into see what why and what it means so it's not a huge change obviously i mean they sound very dif- uh, uh similar But he goes from being high father to father of many nations. Um, Now, in verse 8, I thought thought this was interesting. God claims Abraham's descendants before any of them are born. He says, how did he put it? He flat out says, I will be their God. But then in verse 9, there's this little caveat put on there, but you're going to have to keep my covenant. And your descendants are going to have to keep my covenant if you want this to happen. You're going to have to do your part.
2: well, and and, that, and and as you say, do your part, I think it's really important to point out that this part isn't and this is this is where the faith and work stuff gets messy mm-hmm. is in because the Jewi- Jewish Christians had a really hard time separating circumcision from salvation.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: This created quite a mess in the New Testament. And when we read 10, 1710, this is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring, every male among you shall be circumcised. Like, this is my covenant. And we stop there and we just like, well, that's it, that's the covenant. But 11, you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign
4: mm-hmm.
2: of the covenant. So the circumcision isn't the covenant. Right. It is a sign of the covenant. And it's important to notice that this is an entirely one-sided covenant. God is saying, I will offer this to you. Mm-hmm. And it's not a meet-me-halfway kind of a thing. God is saying, I'm going to give this to you. Yeah. And you show me that you accept it by this symbol. The symbol didn't do the thing, make the covenant. Right. The symbol was a Sign of the covenant, and as they tried to unpack this in Acts, it got we got pretty messy, yeah. and they had a difficult time understanding that. Wait, wait, wait. So we're not like this isn't a sign of a thing that that this guarantees us a thing. And Jesus hinted at this in his ministry. He's like, "Hey guys, you know we we talked about this. What makes you clean and unclean? Like food goes in your body and out of your body, and then it's gone." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that's in your heart makes you unclean. And they're like, what? Because they were so fixated on the physical things that they did. Yeah. And not so much on the status of the heart. Right. But we see over and over is it's the status of the heart that then manifests in what we do. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the what we do is simply showing of what was inside. And God is concerned with what's inside although sometimes we don't really get that. And so he has to point out, like, okay, see that thing on the outside? That's proof of what's going on on the inside.
3: See, and that's what I kind of took this as as early on, especially with the name change, because usually it's a big event that causes, to me, causes a name change. Jacob to Israel um, that we see. And I think this was his transformation, this 24 years. And, you know, was it a difficult situation with the family dynamic in during this 24 years? You yeah. bet. And I think that was the change of heart in why we see the, the change in a name mm-hmm. now at this point, because it's coming, to, um, it's coming to pass, you know, and now it's getting more specific at this point. Yeah. So I think, you know, the name change is huge. It means a lot at this point. Mm-hmm.
1: It's a, I think it's a symbolic shift the same mm-hmm. way, the same, same as the circumcision thing that he's setting up.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, circumcision always seemed like an odd way for God to have a sign.
1: Oh, I thought it was so clever. Explain. Explain.
4: Well, well, yeah, Yeah. you're going to have to explain.
0: Because, first of all, nobody's going to see it.
1: That's not true.
0: Some people are going to see it.
1: No, you're going to see it all of the time. Well, yes. And it's for you. Yeah. Okay? And, and, back in the era where all of the popular local religions included temple prostitutes and whatnot. Mm. If you went outside of your religion and went to get intimate with somebody, they immediately knew something was different. And they would stop and go. So even if you have gotten it around in your brain where you're like, nope, I'm here and I'm going to do this thing, then your partner's going to be like, hey, what's the deal with, hey, hey, what's the deal with, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I thought it was very. I've always thought it was clever.
0: Well, it's yeah. I guess it's uh, an aspect I haven't. Ever thought. I just assumed it had to do with being a patriarchal society, and okay, you know, your your well being isn't dependent upon your your manliness. You know, I'm with the medical? I don't aspect. even know what that means. Uh, yeah, that's here Tracy. Um, you know, that area
3: or that region tends to have some of the most nerve endings, and is the most highly sensitive and can be very highly painful, because if you look, they try to do it early on in age. Even today, we do it, you know, within like three days of birth, Yeah, you know, most of the time, because then it's really the pain of it's not recognized. But if you look in the Bible, it's, it can be done any time, mm-hmm. yeah. and sometimes it can be done just to weaken your... Your opponent, to Abraham, get, was ninety-nine years old when he had it. Well,
2: yeah, but the kids, Joseph's brothers, did that. Yeah, yeah.
3: You know, so and I, I look at it as it can be very painful. Oh yeah. And it's it's a huge step and a huge undertaking and isn't something that's done lightly, that you might say. So it is a huge decision. I think it's very, very intimate, very personal, and you know, kind of goes that way. You know what I mean? Just based on nerve endings, sensory stuff, um, and, you know, the pain factor. Yeah. It's a huge step. I it think is. it's something
0: that's not taken lightly. I think it's probably all these things we've been talking about here. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think, and it, t- to that point, I, I highlighted this in my Bible in 1723, and when they were circumcised the flesh of their foreskins, that very day, as God had said to him. hmm and I think that's one of these things where Abraham acted in a, in a, in a good way, in that God said, this is what you're going to do. And he's like, okay, we're going to do this right now. We're not going to have a committee and talk about it. We're not going to draw this out with a bunch of – he's like, let's do this.
4: Yeah.
1: The, I'm a female, and i I just like to say that the logistics of that even conceptually make me cringe. So there's that. Done. I'm done. Well, yeah.
3: I don't know how that all – And it wasn't was. done with a laser.
2: No, (laughs) No, he's 99 years old at this point. Also, I mean, this is a thing that would be an oddity in a way in in all their society and so on. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure word of this gets around Mm -hmm. um, that their whole camp, their whole family, everybody, you know, undergoes this. This is a kind of a if you wanted to blend in with the crowd, this is not going that direction.
3: Right. No Tylenol, no ibuprofen. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Maybe something herbal,
0: but I would hope. Yeah, boy, I don't know. Any, so, we we got to get yep. one here. We got 18 yeah. and 19. Well, Sarai becomes Sarah, so she goes from being. Okay, Sarai meant. I had look. Her name meant diminutive, which. Uh, kind Spell of that? What? Dominative. D O. Oh, I have it written wrong, but diminutive. D O M I N I T I V E. Dominative. So. They, they, Kind of, con- kind of controlling. That's actually. what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Uh, like but
1: towards domination. That's what it sounds sort
0: of. Like. So who knows? I don't know why. Uh, well, I mean, she took control, took charge of the whole Hagar thing. But um, but Sarah, then that name means either lady or, or princess. So she gets a new she gets a new name too. Um. Oh gosh, there's so much that's going on here though. Um, now in verse 17, Abraham. So he fell on his face and laughed. And said, in his. 1717. Mm hmm. He, he laughs. Well, later, Sarah laughs. And. 1812. Mm hmm. And she gets a, a bit of a reprimand. I mean, nothing really happens. But her laugh is considered uh, bad. While Abram, Abraham's. Boy, I'm going to keep calling him Abram for a while. Abraham's laugh was not, so I'm thinking there must have been a difference of of attitude going on here. Abra, Abraham, though, he's um, saying, can't we just do this thing with with Ishmael? That's, I, mean, I, I have a son, why can't we just do this with Ishmael?
2: In 1717, 1718, uh, no, oh, that Ishmael might live before you, and I think that goes back to the faith and will thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not what God asked for, but you know, I have this thing already in my pocket, and can I, can I just give you this? Mm-hmm. Won't, won't this I know you asked for, for X, but, you know, actually I have Y already. So can't we just make it Y? And over and over we see in the Bible, no, actually, no. You can't do your own. It starts with Cain and Abel.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it's like, well, I've already got this other stuff that I want to give. What's the big deal about that? <laughs> and God over and over says, no, that's not going to work. It yeah. has to be. The way that I ask you to do it.
0: Okay, so chapter eighteen again. It says the Lord appeared. What's to within him. herself?
2: I think it's just in your own mind. Yeah,
1: just like inside.
0: So in seventeen,
3: seventeen, Abraham just laughed out loud.
2: Yeah, I noticed that.
3: You know, so I'm wondering if it's something internal, like like this belief in her heart. You know what I mean? And then to try to deny it. To, she didn't want to show it. She,
1: well, she was also wasn't part of the conversation. So she was listening at the entrance of the tent. Mm-hmm. So Maybe she,
3: she tried to contain the laugh. Mm, you know, yeah. I don't know. But to me, that was more like almost an internal, like, uh, deep-seated, almost disbelief.
1: But here's the crux of it. Verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Yeah,
2: 1814. Yeah. That's...
1: Mm-hmm. Is anything too hard for the Lord?
2: And that's where the answer's no, by the way. Yeah, that's where the right. faith thing comes. Is that that? Um, and wh- you said earlier, Tracy, is like when it's really hard. It I think that's when it's really faith. We're like, okay, this now this is impossible. And I think that's the point. I think that's why God waited till He was hundred years old, mm-hmm. and that's why God waited until she was past menopause. Is because God says, okay, now I want to make this super duper clear. It's not you.
1: My, how Just does that it, go? My strength is made perfect in weakness, yeah. something like that? Yeah. yeah.
2: It's like, I want this to be, it's like God, it's, we, we see this when, when Gideon is getting ready to, to, to battle the, the Midianites. He's like, no, you got too many soldiers. I mean, come on, who, who thinks mm-hmm. they've got too yeah. many soldiers? And he keeps thinning them down. And God says specifically, like, I'm doing this so that you really totally understand it wasn't you. Yep. And I think God is doing that here with, uh, Abraham.
1: Past human capacity.
2: Yes. And that is the lesson when it gets to faith. And the sooner we get to that, I think that the less we have to get backed up to the wall.
1: The problem is while we're within human capacity, we we keep wanting to try. Mm -hmm. And that's not a bad thing. We're created with free will. We're created with character. We're created with, you know, we're supposed to come down here and live a life and do the thing. It might
3: take time to acquire that wisdom for some people. But then we look back at Job and the very last friend was like, "Okay, listen, guys. Just because you're old, you're you're missing the point." So I think it's a different timetable for everybody. But for Abraham, at this point, it took him a little while. Yeah, about a hundred years.
2: And that's that's the point. I think that that's just mm-hmm. that's awesome.
0: <laughs> okay, so brief derailment here. Uh, chapter eighteen, verse one. The Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees. Uh, verse two. Uh, he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. Now we know later that the angels go on, in verse uh, chapter 19, verse 1, says, now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening. This is telling me again, one of these quote-unquote angels was God.
2: Yeah, I think
3: so.
0: I think so. I think one of them was, I'm going to say, Jesus himself.
3: I think so. Which it kind of goes to the point that we were talking about was, you know, these are the enforcers, if you Mm -hmm. will. The angels, one of their
0: roles, maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, something that really, really got my eye here is uh, verse 22. 18? Yes, thank you. Um, The men turned away from there and went towards Sodom. Okay, I got to back up here a bit because God has seen that Sodom is evil. And there's nothing good that happens there, like ever. And he has said, I'm going to destroy it. He sends the two angels off. But then verse 22, the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom, but Abraham stood still before the Lord. Mm-hmm. This is a gutsy move on Abraham's part, where he yeah. stands up and he challenges God's decision.
1: Over and over.
0: Over and over. <laughs> what if there's 50? What if there's 45? What if there's 40? All the way down to 10. Wow. A guy that's going to stand up to God and not just say, are you really going to do this? He's like, this is not a thing you should do. Uh, I was reading this morning that even historically, this is one of the first times that people actually expected a God to be moral. So the idea even that Abraham is, is, is saying, this does not sound like something you would do, God, would you really destroy this entire city if there's innocent people there?
2: yeah that's what he says in twenty five far be it from you mm-hmm. i i I noticed a lot of that stuff going on here in that it's very fascinating there are some people who there's a there's a uh, um a theology called the investigative judgment where we're um and, d- and different people look at things different ways and maybe that's the wrong term is the idea that we will look at that we get to be in court of heaven and maybe I think I just mixed that up. Well, we get to look at God's judgment and look at it. I don't believe judge God's judgment, but we get to see God's judgment.
1: Understand,
2: Understand, comprehend, mm-hmm. validate. Uh, maybe, those are, maybe those are better words. It's interesting because God has come down to do two things. He's come down to speak to Abram, keep his promise there to Abraham, and also to judge. This is a two-part mission. And God... God has already judged Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. And Abraham... He's made the journey. He's made the journey. He's done the thing. And Abraham is like, well, I don't know. Abraham doesn't know. God knows. But God, I think this is fascinating, lets Abraham come to peace with this himself. Well, you know... What he's about? not
1: actually changing God's mind. No. no. These numbers already exist. But I think it
3: shows a little bit of compassion on Abraham's part that says, you know, and while I do see it, it is, it is a kind of challenge. Well, what about 50? What about 40? You know, he kind of goes down the list. But I think it shows first, number one, he must add a little bit of comfort speaking to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I think it's through this time that he's had 100 years to do it that, um, you know, he's, he's going to say, you know, what about this? You know, but it it even has a different tone than even in Job did, you know, because he's more, I think he's more comfortable, but I think it also shows compassion on his part that says that, you know, I don't want to, you know, kind of be a part of people being destroyed. And what if there's 50? Would you, would you kind of hold off if there was 50 you know what I mean? So I think it shows compassion on his part.
2: Yeah, and I, I know I misspoke when I called it an investigative judgment, but th- this is this is a different thing, and it does relate to, I think, end-of-time things, is that God, I don't know, haggles with him, or he haggles with God, so mm-hmm. to speak. I don't know really how to put that, but um, to the point where Abraham is like, okay, if there's not ten righteous people in this place... <laughs> Like, okay, I, I'll i give it to you. Like, Go you're, ahead. <laughs> you're like, yeah, it, it must be pretty bad if there's not even 10 here. Mm. I'm okay with your judgment. And that, to me, I think is maybe where God is going with this, is it's allowing Abraham to feel like, okay, God didn't just rush in and blast everybody.
3: It must be really bad.
2: It must be really bad. And mm. I'm okay with with, I mean, if it's that bad, then... Well, oh, I I guess yeah.
4: So
1: so Abraham's assumption is that God and his angels are going to Sodom and Gomorrah to figure this thing out and do this thing. And mm-hmm. he's like, "Well, what if you find this as if they haven't done the the work already and made the decision, right. right? So he's he's coming from the, well, what if you get there and it isn't as bad as you think point of view? right? right. And God is very kindly coming back to him each step of the argument. Mm-hmm. What, what Abraham says, like, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, will you let me speak, right? <laughs> yeah. I, Although I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, may I speak again? And And the whole way God meets him, when he could have just been like, dude, I already know the answer. Yep. Just let me be God. Yeah. And instead, he's like, no, we're going down to hand-remove. There are less than 10, mm-hmm. and we are going to hand-remove them. And we they do are going quite to make literally. a personal Yeah, we are mm-hmm. going to yeah. make a personal effort. Because there are less than 10, we're going to go try and pull these mm-hmm. people out.
0: Yeah, and you're talking about, yeah, liter- like Eric just said, literally. Taking them and removing them because by hand, by hand. Because we okay, we know the story. They 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 get there and the people, it's awful. It's and it's so in the Bible, awful. but the people want to gang rape strangers. What, you know that the wow, I mean, just baffling. And they tell Lot, get out of the city, take your family and go. And Lot is kind of going. And they grab him by the hand and haul him out of there.
1: Okay, sorry, I'm a girl. I gotta gotta get this off my chest. I know where you're going. They surround the house, (laughs) they call out to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so we can have sex with them. Lot went outside to meet them, shut the door, and said, no, my friends, do not do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters that have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you. And you can do with them as you like. But don't do anything to these men because they are under the protection of my roof. His daughters aren't.
0: Doesn't I've always been baffled sp- doesn't by Doesn't speak well to society. And it's fascinating to me.
1: I have blood pressure issues right now. It's
0: fascinating to me that these kind of things are in the Bible. And these are those opportunities to remember God never told Lot to offer up his daughters. You know, I can only imagine it's him seeing a lesser evil. Eh? Eh? I
2: think we see we see <laughs> Lot's character unraveling yes. from mm-hmm. way back when he chose instead of the yes. patriarch. Mm-hmm. I'm going to choose the good thing. Well, you can have the crumbs, Abram, Uncle Abram. Mm-hmm. And then he he's here. He's got angels for. Okay, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna Monday morning quarterback this one. He's got <laughs> angels show up in his house mm-hmm. in person, and he's not going to do what they say. It is.
3: I think it's consequences. Still consequences. If you, Agreed. you know, it, I'm going to choose what's best for me.
2: What I think is best for me.
3: Yes. And and now he's having to deal with the consequences.
2: And I think it's warped his character.
3: War, well, I think so, too. When you get, you know, when he takes a nice, green, lush, full of water kind of land, there's going to be more population, more people there, more, more crime, have you, more... Um, Wicked behavior, mm-hmm. and I think he might have missed that part of it.
2: I, whether he missed it or not, he becomes, where Abraham becomes... you
3: know, kind of goes out and is in that nomad and can be closer to God in the wilderness, that kind of direction and gets closer to God, Lot doesn't get that. Yeah, Lot went for the big win and forgot all the small, minute details that eventually jump up and bite him. And I think it. we do, we see... We've seen uh, Lot's character unravel and kind of know his journey from almost the beginning. There's a real, there's a real contrast here. I mean,
2: in, 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 uh, in literature, you call it a foil. And that is that when Abram hears what he's supposed to do, he does it that very day. Mm-hmm. Abraham does it. Mm-hmm. Lot hears
0: it, and he's like, well... Argues.
2: I don't know if I want to go. Oh, and I, I can wait. Yeah. Well,
0: I can wait. And then it was a oh, kid. Instead of the mountains, couldn't I just go to this other city?
2: And, and here, and it, that goes, that takes the spiral down further and further. I mean, he, the, the angels do haul him out and they say, don't look back, which I think is maybe a literal thing, but I think, again, it most speaks to the heart. Mm-hmm. And Lot's wife looks back in like, oh, I really don't want to be leaving this. Wow. Okay. They're, they're, she's reluctantly leaving a place that is so wicked. God can't find 10 righteous people in it, including Lot's family, Mm -hmm. um, then, wow, her heart got, I should say, yeah, tainted, um, attracted to this stuff to the degree to where she longed. Jaded, jaded, desensitized, deconditioned, yes. All those things, and to where she would want to go back to that, Mm -hmm. even when it's about to be judged, and they know this, and she's... Turn to a pillar of salt as it, as it says whatever that means um, she's a, she's a goner at yeah. the end of the day that's what it is and I see lots behavior further spiraling mm-hmm. because he's like, well God I know I know you said to do this but 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 couldn't I do this other thing and even when God says the angels say, okay, you can do this he doesn't believe them mm. he doesn't believe them because as soon as that judgment happens he says i essentially through his actions, he says, I don't trust God to not destroy this place. And so instead of actually obeying God, he disobeys, he disobeys, he disobeys. And so he moves up to the hills by himself and creates this problem with uh, you know 1930 <laughs> through the rest of this stuff. Oh, and, man. You know, yeah. the, the, all of this just, again bad stuff results from mm-hmm. his decisions because he doesn't believe god
3: but i think that's a family unit too and him being that that speaks to being the head of the household as well for for the male he had issues with the wife the wife didn't want to leave either and then you, then he does get re- physically removed from the area then he does get to the mountains then we have issues with the daughters as well and poor decisions
2: they take his character too there you go. Yeah. Because he, if he had believed the angels and he said, fine, I'll settle here. Mm-hmm. was it called? The town of Zoar? I, I can't remember. Yes. So, so if he had stayed there, chances are maybe his daughters wouldn't have found um, the very best husbands, but he would have been part of the society which God allowed him to be part of, but he wouldn't do that. And so I where Abram chose to live in the mountains, I think, was an act of faith. Fine. Mm-hmm. I'll be okay here when lot does it it's a it's an act of his own will saying you know i don't really trust god to be okay with with where i'm at i know he told me that i that i could be but i'm not going to do that and then he, through his actions he separates himself and he's i'm going to be pure like okay in the past i screwed up and come on who hasn't seen this before is somebody in their lives of like okay i i've been i've been messed up with this area and now i'm going to swing the pendulum so far to the other <laughs> side and and man, that doesn't turn out well either. Right. And Lot does that. It's like, okay, fine. I wouldn't leave the city before. I wouldn't stay in the valley. You know, I can't trust God to keep His promise and live in the valley because He might destroy that too. As if God wouldn't show up and in say, the mountains. right. And he's I, like, I'm he gonna get move. you anywhere. Right. But his point is, is he, Lot thinks, well, I'm gonna take this into my own hands. I don't trust God to keep His promise, so I'm gonna move to where He told me. He didn't tell me I had to do it it just it's back and forth it's like abram god says abram do this you know be circumcised okay that very day he does it lot every time he gets a chance to do you know hey i want you to do this he's like but but couldn't it do this other thing
3: mm-hmm. so and I then see it, it coming it's part. you know lot and the daughters get up into the mountains but then too it kind of i see this the stuff with the wine part, and to distort, you know, good judgment and that kind of thing. So, apparently, that they knew what that did and how to use that. And so, and this could be an assumption, is that that was probably somewhere in the mix as far as Sodom and Gomorrah and his household to have that there in his character, where yep. he was like, yes. I mean, be the hard. the daughters be. knew about it, so and it, yeah. he wasn't opposed to drinking it, right? What
2: happened afterwards, he didn't necessarily choose, but to drink, Mm -hmm.
0: he chose. He chose. Well, to get drunk to that point where you don't even know that your daughters have come in and impregnated themselves with you? Wow. Wow. That's a lot of wine. That is a lot. I mean, honestly, the more I read about this, I'm like, Lot, you were extraordinarily fortunate. To be saved To be not considered one of the wicked ones. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was was thinking that as a, you know, and like, and he still he hesitated, so the men grasped his hand and that of his wives and led them out of the city. It just, ugh.
2: So a different take on this, but related, is in 1915, as morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. Yeah. Implied in that, is that I want to save you, but if you don't get out of Dodge, you will be destroyed. It reminded me of Revelation 18, verse 4. Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. It's like, this punishment is going to happen Mm -hmm. to this place. And to this group, and if you are in it, you will take part in that judgment. So get out.
3: Get out. And we we'll, But it we'll, speaks to his character, in sixteen, and you know, within the first couple words, he lingered. And this is where it's He piddled. Just like I tell my eleven my year old, come on, we gotta go. And They find something to do. Mm -hmm. That one shoe takes them five minutes to tie. Dude, Mike and Beecher's by a couple minutes. You know, and that's what I'm saying. It's like and it's it just starts out that way. Mine just disappears into another room. He lingered. He didn't want to go.
2: And this is where it's fun to judge them. Not so fun to, to, to look at us, but revelation is about us. And it's the same thing. It's like judgment is coming. How comfortable have we gotten? Which reminds me also of Laodicea.
1: Laodicea. Mm -hmm.
2: In the letters early in Revelation, you guys kind of got lukewarm. You're pretty comfortable where you are. You don't think
3: you're in danger, but you are. But why? I think it's it's the stuff. I think we get hooked in the world's stuff. Whether it be technology, whether it be philosophies, whether it be um, worldly goods and material items, we get hooked.
1: Yeah, it's comfortable. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah, and that's and it led to duh, such disaster yeah. in lots. Thing as we unpack Revelation 18, lots of disasters there too. Yeah, Ugh. yeah.
1: but that that in, it, it encapsulated in one sentence. I am rich, increased in goods, and have need of nothing, mm-hmm. including a savior. So why would I listen to the dire warnings? Yeah. It can't be that bad. I mean, I know it's going to happen we, someday, but it can't be right now. We've
3: talked about it before, though. I think that's Satan's big entrapment is that he gets you get comfortable.
1: Yeah.
2: We talked about this with, with Job, and there's a cool thing here in 1929. So it was that when God destroyed the cities of the valley, God remembered Abraham yep. and sent Lot out of the midst to over... It's It's... God remembered Abraham and Abraham's intercession and faithfulness mm-hmm. is what sent those angels to Lot. Yeah. And we've talked about this in Job a little bit about the intercession yeah. for others right. as Job interceded. I think this is this is a uh, a call, an opportunity a prompt that God wants to save people. He re- even even if they're kind of oblivious, he really wants to save people and if they're willing,
3: and that compas- compassion for yeah. others.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah
0: yeah god what about lot still all right well we went a little long but i really didn't want to cut that off today um which is why i let it go we're cut not. that off by like circumcision isn't it <laughs> we're still back on that
3: we just have to in- end with a, just a little bit of humor right? <laughs> sensitive humor boy <laughs> <laughs> all right
0: well I think that's all the time we have for today uh, I want to remind everyone that if uh, you're finding value in this please let your friends know remember that you can reach us uh, on email that's at podcast at the ad- <laughs> att pod I can say it podcast at the adventure.org uh, you can also find us on Facebook but please just be sure you're letting your friends know uh, get the word out and so uh, I don't know. We think it's worthwhile. What are we going to cover next week, Matt? Next week, we will be looking at, I think, let's try to get through chapter 24. So, um, 20 through 24, we get up through um, Isaac getting married. Okay.
4: Okay.
0: So, uh, next week, through chapter 24 of Genesis. We'll talk to you then.